Here I go again Same old boss, same old friend It's just my place for security Place I call friends like you and me Here I go again Hello everybody, welcome back. This is the Patrick Lally Show podcast. We are recording live at the Full Circle Book Co-op in beautiful and snowy downtown Sioux Falls, the best little city in America. We're here at 123 West 10th Street where we record this podcast every Tuesday night. The good people here at Full Circle Book Co-op are uh, kind enough to let us come in. Uh, Of course, you know Full Circle Book Co-op as your uh, conservative communist left-leaning libertarian bookstore and cafe. Uh, Come on down. It's a great place. Uh, I am here uh, this evening. I've got a couple of guests, and we're gonna we're gonna do this sort of in the round this week. We've done this a few times. Uh, I've got two guests with me tonight. The first is uh, you're gonna recognize the name, but not maybe. But I'm gonna introduce you to the person. Uh, my nephew Canyon Lally is here. Canyon, how you doing? Good. How about you? I'm good. And so uh, I should say, Canyon, you're you're in town for the holiday. Yeah, yeah. Here for Thanksgiving. You you are in fact a West Riverite. Yeah. Well, he's like halfway, you know, he grew up this side, 13 yeah. years, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm a refugee, you like know. adopted, Yeah, kind of. Exactly, you got out. your foot in both rivers. We, yeah, yeah, We shipped him out West River when he hit puberty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, that, the is the, that is the voice of my other guest, Zach DePore. Zach, thanks hey. for being here. Uh, Zach is a, uh, gosh, you know, community activist. That's uh, how you, like, uh, I always like, wary of the term activist right. to just like trigger some people it just means you're active that's all it means but it has a it has a connotation is that what you mean yeah i always just say i'm an artist because you are an artist right that's that's your real calling you've just sort of fell into community you know, issues it's, a, it's all art man that's it's how a, I see it. <laughs> your life is just one long performance yeah. art yeah as like it that. should be <laughs> as everybody's life should be one long issue uh, instance of uh, performance art for everyone um, else, but not for you. Right, not for me. I'm just watching. Yeah, I'm just the audience, and everybody else's experiment. <laughs> uh, no, you're both here for different reasons, but you're sort of, you know, you you actually are, are probably more similar than I would have guessed right off the top of my head. But except for the hair, Canyon needs a haircut. We were figuring out. I think we like. I, I nearly missed teaching him really? when, I was yeah. a, when I was a middle school art teacher. Really? Yeah. Which would have been would have been 2012, where? 2013. At, yeah, I taught one class period at Edison Middle School. Oh wow! Did you go to Edison? That's where you went. For yeah, a while? for for two and a half years. Okay. So yeah, oh, yeah I remember for a bit. You, you were don't at, even know him. You were back and forth a little bit. Yeah, I went. I went out west at the end of eighth grade. Yeah. Came back for the start of sophomore year. Got it. And then I went back at the end of sophomore Got it. year. And you and are that's now... my backstory. Yeah, this fast one. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, well, you went to elementary school here. Yeah, yeah, until I was 13. You were at, like, like, Garfield and... Well, yeah, I went... I was all over. Yeah. I was moving. He's yeah, got Sioux Falls roots is what we've established. Yeah, well, yeah. that's... He's my nephew, so we know that. Oh, yeah. So he's... Let's start looking at old family pictures right now. Let's <laughs> do it. Just I describing have, them to the That listener. can be, like, the picture for when you upload this podcast. I have, actually, I have a picture of Canyon when he's about... Oh, he's got to be two. Two or three. And he's standing there. He's got this terrible bowl cut that I only assume oh, my brother gave him. <laughs> that, that he's holding, like, a bottle of pop or something. He's yeah. just standing there going... Yeah. Yeah. terrible hair but 
You could use, maybe you should talk to talk yeah, to my brother yeah. now and get another haircut. Yeah, I got. I need a bigger bowl than I did last time. He's gonna need a bigger bowl. Uh, so anyway, you're here. Let's talk. I'm gonna. We're gonna talk to Canyon a little bit here in this uh, opening episode. I should say I forgot to mention this is a sponsored podcast. Yeah. Uh, did you know that? That's yeah, what well, I hear. It's it's all the rage. Tell me all about it. Yeah. Well, it's sponsored by Northview Bait and Tackle. So the good people over at Northview Bait and Tackle, where you can get live bait, dead tackle. Uh, propane, propane accessories, U-Haul, self-storage, and high-end dog and cat food. That's Northview Bait and Tackle on North Qantas Avenue, just off Russell, where they now have, as we were just discussing, a new mural, adding to the city's collection of murals, which must make you're pretty excited about that, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, we need more, and that's uh, that was that was a surprise one out of nowhere. Yeah, I so, just saw it appear on Facebook. It's great. Were you, were you involved it. in this the whole muralization down here on? Uh, yeah, I was. North Phillips? Yes. Yeah. So, you want to you get into that? That's a long story. No, I want to talk about it for just a second as long yeah. as we're on murals. Okay. Because you had, uh, you had a gallery and a store at 6th and Phillips for quite a while. Right? Yeah, that's right. Which was called... Uh, it's called Exposure Gallery Exposure. and Studios. Yeah. yeah. So we were there for about four years. Uh, we were on one side and had two gallery spaces and we had uh, new shows every first Friday. Yep. Um, you know, it's like a proto version of where we're at right now. Yeah. Like as as we went away, these guys kind of blossomed and kind of picked up that torch and like have surpassed us immensely. Yeah, it was an awesome place. Um, uh, but yeah. how did you get involved in the muralization down there? Oh, when you're involved in the arts in Sioux Falls, there's only like so many people, and so like I was involved as a uh, as a member of the Visual Arts Commission, the city's Visual Arts Commission. I'm a, the vice chair of that, and. Uh, uh, I was also contacted by somebody who you know, wanted to pursue this and they needed to talk to an art person so I was privately co- contacted and then and then yeah so we I, I, I helped and, and you know, three or four other uh, individuals helped kind of draft a call for art and kind of careen this thing and made it made it kind of happen in a, in a relatively short amount of time and in a, in a relatively easy way and so we're kind of hoping it's a it's a way to showcase the possibility of mm-hmm. doing it and um, you know as a, as a way to kind of show or challenge other businesses to uh, uh, you know, look into getting one of their own or, or integrating art in some way into uh, their business or into their building murals have kind of become a thing like everywhere I go right you know, in all the I travel uh, extensively in the upper Midwest for bike racing and such and you know Omaha Des Moines um, you know even the smaller towns Cedar Falls places like this there's murals everywhere yeah it, why is that Zach is this just an urban trend yeah I mean basically you know just like any uh, kind of cultural thing uh, you know it's it's it hitches a ride on the Oregon Trail you know it comes out from the coast yeah and you know the, the you know the idea of, of murals being a being a thing in 2019 is laughable in New York City. You know what I mean? Well, sure, <laughs> sure. Uh, but we used to have kind of this pushback against any sort of because yeah. you know. Remember, I don't know if you. Recall. Yeah, I know. I you know when yeah, I've heard the stories with Black Sheep, right? With Black Sheep Coffee, when you painted, which was a kind of an homage to a, a painting, yeah. on the side of the building, you got in big trouble. Right, you because know? it was advertising live music, which they sometimes had. Yeah, that's what you would call maybe like a city overreach in that department. And actually, in the Visual Arts Commission, like next week, this next month, some of these meetings were actually, I, I've been petitioning to look at some of the verbiage in our ordinances and what we need to maybe update and, and 
the city and, and our kind of facilitators have been actually helpful in that. Yeah. So, so we have, but we have yes. some really. It's all about interpretation of yes. the ordinance, and and it used to be maybe a more strict interpretation, and now that you know the idea that art isn't, I don't know, the devil or it's I don't know what sign. the idea was in the '90s, uh, and '80s, and '70s, and '60s, but. Uh, so I, that, that idea is loosening now. I, We've I, seen I, it doesn't I, cause fires or riots. No, and I apologize because <laughs> I can't remember the, 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 the young man's name, but he painted the mural um, on the side of over there by Common Sense. And the, and Shane Schroeder. Shane Schroeder. Yeah. Uh, that, that I, I think that would, if you give credit to you know, a singular piece as far as like kicking off that sort of uh, uh, the trend that we're seeing right now is that. I mean, because um, it was such a dynamic piece, such a... a Great placement, great visibility. It's stunning. Very, yeah. I mean, and, and exactly what that kind of space needed. And really like a, a surprising burgeoning corner of downtown now. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, but, you know, like this, uh, the CVB used that image in their, like, That's advertisements. Cool. That's, really That's when awesome. you know, like, okay. Like, they, they get okay. it, they've signed on. Right next so to the So, yeah, boat. you can give Shane a lot of credit for kicking off that in, or making it, like, uh, acceptable thing with with the different places he's done them it helps that it's it is just stunning it's a yeah. visually it's big and it's stunning mm -hmm. um so you know what i i feel bad because uh i have not actually seen the this collection of murals that you put together with many others yeah the weather got miserable it didn't didn't, go well and i'm when it's warm out i'm down there all the time yeah where exactly is it so it is uh, like directly across the street from the Orpheum. Okay. So uh, you know, like mid block, it's where the wall used to not be visible because the because the Raven building yep. they had a they had a large warehouse building on that corner that was demoed, and then that exposed a one level ramp, yep. cement like facade, and Got it. the building owners uh, saw it as like an opportunity to, yeah, to beautify a pretty barren corner and now it's awesome right yeah exactly it's cool and it, so. you can when you go to the levitt people will see it all the time yeah um uh we're gonna come i want to come back and we're going to talk more about this 14th street thing that you did yes we're going to talk about that but first i want to go back and talk to canyon a little yes bit because i tried to he, pass off early you're, no you're fine <laughs> this young man right Pat. Well, first of all we what's everybody drinking i have the i'm drinking <laughs> Look, the this uh, a tangent immediately Fulton Standard Lager. This is a, a out of Minnesota. Ham's S. Looks like a can yeah, of Ham's. It, it's not, but it well, it's, it's actually back. pretty close. But it's good. It's good. I like it. You know, I've said many times I used to have a uh, radio show. The uh, oh, I've, I was on it once. That's right. Semi beloved, uh, uh, short lived radio program. Uh, and I say the only difference between that and this is we drink beer and there's no commercials. But, I saw you um, drinking beer when I was there. Yeah, no. Can <laughs> <laughs> uh, you? What do you got there? Uh, I went with the Lift Bridge Hop Dish IPA. It's got a nice, just a picnicky yeah. vibe on the can, and that's yeah, really what drew me to it. And it's a, that must be a Duluth situation, Lift Bridge, right? Isn't that? Yeah. I think that's um, maybe it's Stillwater. some other Minnesota Stillwater. Pretty, that's probably right. You guys are like beer guys, huh? Yeah. yeah well, it's Minnesota. It's Minnesota it's, guys more than beer guys. It's Minnesota imagery for yeah. sure. Uh, that's Duluth. I can tell by the look of it. The look uh, of it. Zach, what are you, uh, what, what are you, what are you drinking? Uh, Pat, I'm having a Tangerine Express IPA from Stone. Ah, Stone. It's an These India are... Pale Ale with tangerine and pineapple. I that I would never buy that. The alcohol is content is high, <laughs> but it's but it's good. 
Yeah, I mean, it tastes like an IPA. Maybe. Yeah, it tastes like beer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it tastes like a, a can of beer, yeah, good. which is pretty cool. You, put, yeah, you start thinking it's going to taste like Cheers tangerines. Cheers, thank you for yeah. paying for it. <laughs> no problem, no problem. That's one of the, it's the only perk. to look at what the most expensive. No. <laughs> the only, yeah. only perk you what get you for being on the show is one beer. No, it's not true. What? <laughs> That's what I'm here for. should have gotten a bigger beer. Bartender? <laughs> uh, no, Canyon, you're here because you did this thing. Yeah. Um, and first of all, uh, you're... Uh, this is hard to believe coming from our family, uh, but you're a rock climber. I'm a rock climber, yeah. The only rocks we ever climbed in my family was down at Falls Park. That's where it, that's where it started for me. Really? You know? Yeah. Scaling the, the frozen uh, wall of ice down there during the winter? dinking around, yeah. Nothing so better to do. You, you're, so you're like a, you're a rock climber. How did you end up being a rock climber? Um, yeah, it actually, yeah, I was just kind of scrambling around in the falls and then uh, a friend of my dad's took me out in the Black Hills one time and then when I moved it started taking off but then when I got to college I started finding people to climb with more often. And you went to Black Hill State? Black Hill State University, Springfield, South Dakota. Lovely that's, community. That's where I went, yeah. And uh, Spearfish Canyon is like five minutes away and it's like really good limestone sport climbing and that's kind of really where it took off and yeah I started like finding like the climbing community of spearfish which is actually stronger than you'd think it would be for like a town of 12,000 that loses mm -hmm. half of its population during the summer <laughs> but uh yeah it's it's really good climbing all throughout the black hills and uh that's kind of what inspired this this project can i talk yeah, about no, so you did this yeah. you did this thing with a friend you, your friend was i don't remember his name uh elliot anderson who's yeah. like i've been climbing with since my freshman year of college and uh we went down to yosemite like two summers in a row and uh, yosemite national park is like the birth of american big wall climbing and kind of kind of like the center of the universe for tri like traditional rock climbing and we went there kind of like learn what's up and um just that's kind of when it really really took off and when i was like this is what i do this is what i like or whatever and you're scaring your grandmother you know i know that. i'm yeah i yeah, just want to get that out there there's i can't you know let too much information seat. slip mm -mm. when uh like uh I, yeah we'll see how much how far claris gets <laughs> in this episode but uh <laughs> she's been here She's has she been on the podcast? No, well, kind she of. She should be. She showed up once. She showed up to see Teresa Staley. That's the oh. only time she's had any interest in the. I'm like, mom, what are you doing? Packed house. Yeah. Well, it came to see. Grandma Teresa. came out. To yeah, see <laughs> she was. She was the peanut gallery. Yeah, that's right. No, she yeah. did. She did fine. She's, but but uh, so we're not even to the thing yet. Yeah, and anyway, so in Yosemite, there's kind of this tradition of like linking up. When you know, like there's these big wall climbs, but you can do two big walls in a day or three mm. big walls in a day and it's just like insane you know I never have not yet or whatever gotten to like that point you know it's just crazy but it's so cool to be like I did this what's like the next thing to do in the day and me and Elliot were just stoked on that so then um, the October after we got back from our second foray which we did it for summers while we were uh, working for Aramark doesn't really matter um, you're working in the national. You were working yeah, at the park. Yeah, we were making beds in yeah. the Yosemite Valley Lodge, and uh, we were we were just talking about like how cool that is. And then it's like in in the Black Hills, you have these three kind of distinct areas with three like distinct types of rock that have like different climbing styles on it, and that those are being uh, Devil's Tower, and then Spearfish Canyon, and then Rushmore, and they all like 
like Devil's Tower, you need all this gear, and then in uh, Spearfish, it's all clip and bolts or whatever. And so we were like, well, we could do a link up of one day, and we wanted to do the three most like prominent features mm -hmm. out there. So we did, we climbed Devil's Tower, and then we climbed Spearfish Spire, which is like a hundred foot sport climb. It's pretty mellow, and then we climbed uh, the Spire Four of the Cathedral Spires in Custer State Park. So it was that would seem hard to me because I've seen those, and I think. I'm not going up that. That, <laughs> that, that would seem hard to him. That's the other one. <laughs> yeah. Now That's this is where it gets complex. <laughs> yeah, as a bicyclist, this is where I draw the line. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's right, because I ride uh, uh, the uh, Custer State Park. The uh, oh needles, needles, yeah. Always it's awesome to do that. It's a yeah. great ride, uh, but I see people sitting up on top of there. Yeah, and I think, how the hell do they get up there? <laughs> That doesn't seem possible. It's, you know, like it looks really impenetrable from the ground, but like once you get started, it's, it is simpler than you'd think. Oh. And uh, it's, it's all started by Jan and Herb Kahn in like the 40s. And they'd climb all, they'd, it was this couple that like lived out there and they'd climb up everything in like tennis shoes, like putting in pitons with a hemp rope, like you can't fall and get to the top. And then they'd just down climb it too. I don't know what that means. I don't know what any of Yeah. It just means they just did it in like the most savage way possible. Okay. Like it's just like it was the forties, right? Yeah, they so, just didn't know anything. So you did you did this then. So the the yeah. the, the, the underlying title of this is you and your we your bro did three climbs in one day, is that what it is? Yeah, we did we did all in the Black Hills like area. Yeah, kinda right? kinda traversed north to south through the Black Hills, kinda getting like a, a taste day? of it all. Yeah. In a day. So we um it was what, like a, a Saturday? So Friday night, we drove out and slept in the Devil's Tower like parking lot mm -hmm. in uh, the back of my friend's. Pro, pro. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah you got to get a exactly. head start. Cause, Just like, like in free solo. If, any, if anyone is like in front of us, it's ruined. Like we have to be the first one, yes. you know? So we, we slept in the back of Elias Grand Prix and uh, woke up at like 5 a.m. and then just started going. Uh, we did a route. No breakfast. Slept in a car. Yeah, I think I had a cliff bar. Perfect. Like a good. Well, that's exactly what well, you that's did. Well, that's good because there's a climbing guy on the cliff bar, so you know. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what got me started yeah, on you're cliff like, bars. This is for me. Yeah. I don't, know, I don't know if it's like the climbing comes first or the cliff bars come first, but there's definitely <laughs> some crossover. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, so we did uh, El Craco Diablo on. Um, on what? Double Star. <laughs> it's the name of a route. Okay. Um, El Craco Diablo. Yeah. Badass name. The devil's butt crack. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. Right. See? I and got it. uh I know you spoke Spanish. I, I do. <laughs> yeah. So we got to the top of that and then uh that took like six hours. That was really like the hard part. And then everything from there was pretty mellow and it was just like a lot of driving. You yeah. know, like, now you're like yeah. Oh, so yeah, what's the distance between these three places? It's about an hour's drive, like each. Dang. Time. So what? What time did you finish then? Uh, it was like right at sunset, so maybe like six thirty or seven. It was like twelve hours total, with like two or three hours of climb, of driving. What was the What was that moment like at the? So the uh, sun's going down. Yeah, it was. It was beautiful. Actually, it looks like Neapolitan ice cream. Like the sunset was mm -hmm. so like just layered, mm -hmm. and it was like, I I led. The first pitch up Devil's Tower, and then the last pitch to the top of Spire Four, and like you kind of like pull over the cusp onto like the fall summit, and you have to like 
step over to another taller summit. But like when you get on top of the, the first like little top of the cone there, mm -hmm. it was just so beautiful and just like really cool. And it was like whipping wind. Uh, we, we were like looking for motivation. I think we were listening to Elliot's funk playlist because I remember uh, it was More Than a Woman by the Bee Gees. It was like, <laughs> was like the more soundtrack. Than a woman exactly. Bee Gees, yeah. underrated. Yeah, especially as climbing yeah. music. Yeah, yeah the man. third unexpected choice. The third highest selling band of you all time. Like so Gale. underrated. If anyone wants to like a visual, you look like Barry Gibb. You look. Yeah, like <laughs> that's actually my main motivation. You do have a very a much vibe. a Barry Gibb look going right now that I did not see until. Wow. Yeah, I've been. Which is a really little because your your dad and I spent a lot of time listening to the Bee Gees in the late seventies <laughs> in a van that I don't want to go into. Um, <laughs> But uh, uh, I, is this? A, I imagine the end of this is like a Bruce Willis sort of Sylvester Stallone, like grab my hand, <laughs> yeah. grab my hand. I'm we're, not going anywhere. We're I'm both with. on the verge of death. Yes. Yeah, and then, <laughs> Elliot, you're more it's than a, a woman vibe. to me. You're a climbing partner, <laughs> and I love you. That. That's word for word. Yeah, I like it. So oh, <laughs> like did, it. on each of these climbs, you had, did you have to do different equipment and different like styles, yeah. different things? Yeah, we were, we were racking up differently. Um, so Devil's Tower is entirely like traditional. So we were like placing gear into the crack and stuff. Um, and it was obviously. <laughs> into, into the Devil's Butt Crack, we were placing cams, which is, you know. As is tradition. Yeah. Isn't, isn't that a Beck song? No? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying not to get too bogged down in the technicalities. Yeah, but, that's um, all right. This is, no, that's, this is where people come for this kind of stuff. Yeah. For yeah. Expertise. In expertise. Whatever the topic is of the day. Yeah. the number one climbing podcast. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Watch out, Chris Caloose. Um, yeah, so, and then after, after uh, El Craco, which was placing all this gear and we had to... You know, the, it was hard. You know, it comes uh, face climbing and there's just bolts in the wall and you're putting... A, a, and they're already there? They're already there, okay. taken care of. That's all of Spearfish Canyon, all of sport climbing, which is like the way most people climb now is sport climbing. So yeah. there are tracks like or paths on each kind of one of these yeah, like, things and you kind of choose from those. Yeah, they're referred to as roots and roots. there's... Um, That's what sport climbing means? Sport like, climbing is like there's bolts in the wall, you put something it. into the wall onto the bolt and then you attach the bolt to the rope. I mean, in a sense, it's like an obstacle course. Like yeah, it's yeah. Built and there's a singular path and here are the right. things it's, in which you can use to do it. Right, it's like... Um, it's like me on a rock wall. Yeah, it's a little less um, manufactured, you know, than an obstacle course. Right, you know, right. we're like, this yeah, is... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's, that's a pretty good analog. And compared to traditional climbing, which is how we did uh, Devil's Tower and Spire 4, where we, were, we brought up the things that were going to go into the crack to hold us if we fell, you know? We didn't do a whole lot of falling that day, which was... Good! You know, which is good. Always a plus. Yeah, but if we were falling, it would have been cams, <laughs> which kind of... Um, they're just these little lobes. They're kind of shaped like scissors, mm -hmm. and you put like the blade of the scissors into the crack, and then they're spring-loaded. Mm -hmm. So they're making like a, a canning force against both sides of the crack, and that's what holds you up. And they're how big is that thing then? Um, it depends on the size of the crack, which can go to like fingertips or smaller or plumber size. 
Yeah. <laughs> Plumber size Butt crack jokes. They always yeah. kill. They always kill. Yeah. I should have, yeah. I, I should have came more prepped. No, you set me up. That's yeah. fine. Um, and then it goes up to like, you know, as, as big as a crack can get. But um, the largest one that I own is like six inches, which is, you know, that big. Like a bear trap. Yeah. I'm usually in the like half an inch to like three inches range is kind of so you put these things in there and then they pop open and then they grab against the rock and, and then can, and then what you stuck. can put like a foot on it or something like i don't know no that stuck. that goes onto the rope and oh, then so, so if, if you, you fall, fall that thing's gonna catch you it's holding the rope that's holding gotcha it. yeah catch me now. why do you do this man it's it's the best <laughs> yeah because we're simply insane <laughs> <laughs> Is it, you know, it's like a physical thing. It's like, a, it's like yeah. a challenge. Is it like sports? Is it that same kind of, or at least in some it's, kind of way, is it like that vibe of like competing? Is that like kind of what it is? Yeah, I mean, you can be competitive with it, but like there's no point because like I'm not that good at rock climbing. You know, there are people right. that are so much better. They're like professional rock climbers. They're, yeah, and they're just 10,000 times better at climbing than me. And they just get like they wear a Coke shirt or something, and that's when they yeah yeah sponsorship. <laughs> and they come down and they ah, they drink they're, Coke. They're, they're telling everyone to get their bait and tackle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and check out hey, the mural. Hey hmm? hey, that's where I get all my cat food. <laughs> it's a big bill. Yeah. Uh, uh, but the, the the point of all this is, you think that you're probably well, you're probably the first people ever to think of it. Um. Right. But yeah. I mean, you think you're probably the first people to ever do this. Yeah, because. For the most part, like, what's the point? You know, <laughs> like, why? Like, that's why true do, of everything, like, man. There's three really good climbing destinations that because it's there, mold, man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, the news came out and no one said oh, cool. anything yet. So I think we were the first ones. Ah, that's nobody's, sweet. nobody's challenged your yeah, assertion. Yeah, and so we did it in 12 hours. We're hoping pe- people would be like, oh, I can do it in five hours. Like, right. someone probably could. Probably not me. Um, you, it's like speeding. Would you yeah. do? Would you do it or a variation of it again? Could you do totally. four? I do. Could you do four but easier ones? Yeah, I mean, I, you could really. I was thinking about it, and it's like I wish we had picked maybe harder routes after Devil's Tower, just because it was like a little, little too cruiser, you know. So I kind of want to do it again, but maybe mix it up a little bit. It's hard in Spearfish because everything is walls, and the whole point was getting to the top. Yeah. Of things. And you get to the top at Spearfish and you're like, you're yeah. at the top of the wall. Yeah, right? I mean, even, you don't even get to the top of the wall because the rock is shit after like yeah. 80 feet. Can yeah. I swear? Yeah. Okay, the rock is fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> after like 80 feet. So oh, then, no. Jeez, Grandma's pissed. <laughs> yeah. She's already signed off. Yeah. Uh, Just okay. scream really loud before I <laughs> So... Uh, so it's pretty cool. Yeah, it was. There was, a, there, it was I saw there was because your brother does these things. He or my brother does these things. He sent me the, the article. Yeah, so um, it was a story about it and all that. Yeah, we were telling our friend Aaron Broberg, who at the time was a, a writing or an English major. Mm-hmm. Now she's got a, a writing related job working for the one of the mines in uh, the Black Hills. But at the time, we were just telling her about it, and she's like, can I write about this and send it to people? And we were like, yeah. And so she did a review, or an interview with Elliot, and uh, I gave her some pictures that I'd taken like that day. And she put it together and sent it to a few different uh, publications. And it was published in the Black Hills Pioneer front page. Nice. And, uh, nice. and the Rapid City Journal 
somewhere, somewhere, somewhere in, the, in the, the on like a Wednesday. So somebody can probably. I was gonna say uh, you can go Wednesday. see the photos. Yeah, see the photos and the link on our website. Well, we don't got a website. So yeah, I was going to say, how'd you, do to. you said it, but how'd you document this? Like in just photos? I mean, do you, uh, yeah, so is it GoPro? Is that like an no, old thing to do for pop out our, I mean, people do do it. Um, I actually, uh, another, another fun thing, I guided another group of dudes up uh, Devil's Tower this past August, and the guy brought a GoPro. So now there's a video of me climbing Devil's Tower on YouTube. Ah. And, there, and I'm labeled Canyon the Guide. Which is really Canyon cool. with a K. If you yeah, want to find yeah. it, you can search YouTube. Do you, yeah. Oh, dude, I forgot your like. So here's the deal. Do you feel like you were like you had to do like something Canyon? Something <laughs> for sure. You know, I couldn't. I couldn't be Canyon Lally. My shop, accountant. My shop you know. teacher. My shop teacher in high school. Oh, uh, his name was Mr. Greasy. Real, real name. Oh yeah. Not Where spelled was that? Like that. Brandon. Uh, well, he was there for like thirty years. You'll have listeners who... Uh, well, no, yeah, Mr. Greasy. People are going to be writing comments. Seems <laughs> I, I'm not ever saying his name might have been Gary Greasy. Shout out to Gary Greasy. Gary Tom Greasy. Well. Hashtag Greasy. Yeah. Get so, I mean, Canyon. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't... Oh, you know, I was really into video games in high school, but I just couldn't stick with it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you have no... no marketing. But you, you, like, you're an instructor. Rock climbing instructor and guide and such. Did you took, go to instructor school or something? I, yeah, I took an SPI course with uh, the AMGA, and I have not yet taken the test to get ah, certification. Got it. Um, I kind of decided that um, that kind of career was just not that interesting to yeah. me. But I'm going to be a ski instructor this winter. Oh, that's way sky. more interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's cool. No, it seems a little more mellow. What other things <laughs> you know? do you do? I, I like, I don't know. Give me, I still like video thing? games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. so do you ski? bike? Do you, are you a hard anti-biker? I got, I got a road bike. Have you yeah. seen my road bike? Because your dorky yeah. uncle's into bikes. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. well, and his dorky that. dad as well. Oh, yeah, oh, so gosh. I just got to do something dorky. You skateboard? <laughs> no, I, I, uh, when I was eight, I fell and got all scraped up, and I was like, no more of that. Motorcycles. No more of that. Yeah, I guess. Motorcycles was the first thing. Yeah, dirt bikes, yeah. So you've got a long heritage of doing things that you can break your arm at. Yeah, no broken bones yet. What? No documented broken bones. I might have broken my leg, but I didn't go in. Yeah, I went to a fine. vet to keep it off my books. <laughs> <Yeah. Yeah. laughs> Don't want to insurance claims are going to be out the roof. <laughs> the limp is not nearly as bad as it used to be. Yeah, so it's, you don't definitely, think it was broken. it's definitely calmed down. Uh, well, that's that's really cool. And then, So you're going to be a, you graduated, we should graduated, say. Graduated, yeah. From Woo! Black Hill State. Woo! Now you're going to go be a ski instructor, which is like the perfect postgraduate work. Yeah, exactly. Should never do anything but go be hey, like I, a ski instructor. I or found something. my career. That's right. Know? That's right. You'll be the. Uh, but you know, and then the world's your oyster, right? Yeah. Um, More climbing. In I kind of definitely want to do some climbing. I did on the way back from Yosemite this last time. I went to Moab for a week and did some climbing there for the first time. And How that was Moab? Was, it was so freaking cool that's like good. oh my god i can't wait to go back to moab but until then that? uh it's in like southeastern utah yeah okay yeah. it's a it's a mountain biking capital of america as well dude it's the everything capital yeah, whatever you can yeah. like whatever you want to do except you could surfing figure it out <laughs> get in someone's wake at ken's lake or something that's cool racquetball um, <laughs> we're gonna come right back 
and uh, chat more with uh, Canyon Lally and Zach DeBoer. And uh, there's an ultimate billiards. frisbee league. Yeah, every yeah. frisbee. <laughs> I'm sure of that. Yeah. In Utah, are you kidding me? Uh, we're <laughs> going to chat more here on the Patrick Lally Show podcast, coming to you where we record live at the Full Circle Book Co-op in beautiful downtown Sioux Falls, your conservative, communist, left-leaning, libertarian bookstore and cafe. And we will be right back. to the Patrick Lally Show podcast here uh, at the Full Circle Book Co-op. And uh, you've been listening to the, uh, the tones, the, the genius that is Rich Show, who allows us graciously to use his music uh, on this po- podcast. Of course, Rich was re- recently announced that he will be inducted into the South Dakota Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. What? I didn't see that. Congratulations. Ooh. Yeah, so finally, somebody, somebody good gets in. Yeah. Ooh. Ouch. Wow. Somebody, wow. somebody, Casey Myron that, Lee. You know, like no, Myron Lee's awesome, but I know he is. He's, uh, get, he's just, he did, okay. Myron, well, he's one of the driving We're forces. Facebook friends. Yeah, he's, he, so you see all the pictures of the deer. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say, he posts great pictures of deer, also, the wildlife, great stories. all cats. He's been, yeah, all cats. I don't know what's up with that. Dude's but he, a legend. Every once in a while, writes some incredible story about Dick Clark and a bottle of champagne. Yeah, it'll be like, oh, just me and Conway Twitty hanging out. <laughs> like loading up our cars out on, on Highway 12. On, like, on Tall Street. Right, there's a, great, there's a great photo of, of Myron Lee and Conway Twitty on West 12th Street before there was anything else out there except for the tank farm with some paneled station wagon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And loading up to head out of town. That's there. You, there's yeah. a YouTube video I feel like I saw. That. Didn't he oh, upload? Yeah. He, uh, Myron yes. uploaded a bunch. I just like... Yeah. He did all these. He had because Myron know who I am at all. Myron did all these. Uh, he <laughs> was like, a, a like dude. a camera geek during this whole time, but it was like oh, Super yeah. Eight stuff. Which There's no like, audio. Here's the deal. That's what like Wes Eisenhower is. Yes, camera. He's geek. a musician guy who's like, oh, I'm really into whatever the latest camera technology is, yep. and like can document and, that. And now he's now Wes Eisenhower is Isaac Show is like that. Rich's son <laughs> yeah, is they, exactly like that. Those guys got Wes's photography is amazing. And and now they're droning. And they're droning, vaping. <laughs> oh, I don't think they're vaping. Yeah, exactly. I don't, don't want to throw that. They go. They really go hand, hand in hand. Turn, no, yeah. no, 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 do no, the most on. 2018 reference. Speaking <laughs> speaking of uh, uh, droning, you so Zach Are so annoying. <laughs> no, Zach was on the, droning on and on. No, no, the drone, the the, the flying drone. Yeah. 
which you used extensively in this video that sort of conquered Facebook for a couple of days. Ooh, yeah, it was me and the anti-meth or the meth campaign. Yeah. It's me and a hundred meth memes. No, you came in pre-meth. For two days. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, twelve hours. Uh, but you you have this video that you produced about 14th Street, yeah. which I thought was brilliant. Thank you. Yeah. So first of all, uh, just as a little background for people who haven't seen the video, um, it's it's you with there's some really good drone footage, a lot of cool photography and graphics explaining why 14th Street is a nightmare. So why, Zach, is, why did you do this? Uh, so it wasn't just me. I will give a shout out to uh, uh, Rich Show's son, Isaac Show, who is, who is my drone and video guy. Got it. Um, uh, we were just talking about him. Uh, he's the guy, he's a legend. Um, Isaac is a great, great guy, an amazing artist. You know, he's a drummer, he's a videographer, drone. Mm -hmm. Um, and he, he helped me shoot this over the course of eight months, you know, where it was kind of a back burner project for right. both of us. You know, we both have bills to pay, and this wasn't paying bills uh, by any means. And then uh, the animation was done by uh, uh, a friend, uh, Chris Beaver, who was an animator. Um, and so the three of us kind of passed this along back and forth over the course of eight months. Um, I made it uh, because I needed it to change, and it's been a, it's, it's been a long you know, subject of, you know, we've, we've complained as a neighborhood association, mm -hmm. we've complained as individuals, we've showed up to, you know, uh, public houses or, you know, uh, community meetings, mm -hmm. et cetera, put on by the city, suggesting this, throwing this out as a thing. And, you know, I, and that's happening throughout the city at a million different locations, at a million different intersections. And, you know, what's, what's being done, I don't know. But, but this, but you're it, talking we, about. I need, we needed to try something different. And yeah. so I thought this was maybe a way to rise above kind of doing that and maybe get uh, enough people kind of shouting the same thing. So your contention here is that 14th Street from uh, Minnesota, Minnesota to 7th Avenue. Yeah, truly right. the cliff, but I, I, I wanted right. to limit my scope just for the sake of brevity. Right, and it's, but because that also is kind of the transit zone for people walking. Pedestrian traffic, yeah. bike traffic, all these different Along things. and across, for sure. And why is it, why don't you like 14th Street? Uh, it, it's, it's, it's overbuilt as it, as it is right now. It's a very short kind of stretch, you know, between Minnesota and Cliff, kind of two uh, very large arterials. And um, it's designed right now with, with the idea of moving cars quickly and as many as possible. Uh, uh, you know, but the problem is... Uh, that idea conflicts with the very heavy kind of pedestrian activity and level uh, in that area. It's also, uh, even if there weren't pedestrians, you know, there, if in, if in, if, even if it wasn't a pedestrian corridor, it would still be an area that was overbuilt and unsafe to drive on. You know, that, that's the thing, like, you can sell this from a pedestrian standpoint or mm -hmm. even from a driving standpoint. There is one accident, car accident, a week on average on that street. Right um, at 14th and Phillips. At 14th uh, between Minnesota and 7th. Okay. Got it. Um, so anywhere in that stretch, at least once a week on average, there's a car accident. And that could be minor or major. Mm -hmm. uh, a few months after we shot that, or a few weeks after we shot you know, on that corner, mm -hmm. there was a rollover, like T-bone car on its roof <laughs> in Phillips and 14th intersection on mm -hmm. first Friday. Yeah. Like in May. And so like there's, photo, there, there's photos on our, on our uh, neighborhood's Facebook page of a car on its side laying in the crosswalk. And so even if you know, uh, someone's 
following the rules of the road mm -hmm. and being a good pedestrian and looking both ways mm -hmm. and all that, they could have still been hit. Well, in that fact, I know somebody that got hit there um, who's a, a resident of the neighborhood south of 14th Street who works downtown, walks through there every day mm -hmm. and was just walking across the street and got nailed. Yeah. And I think also his name's Zach, <laughs> actually. But, uh, you know, doing everything right and got run over. Right now, it's designed to move traffic quickly when, in fact, even if we design it to move traffic quickly, it's going to move slowly because there are timed intersections, there are lights mm -hmm. at every time. So you can make, you know, the speed limit is supposedly 25 between Minnesota and First, which mm -hmm. is an odd way to draw the line. But right. cars don't go that fast. They go faster than They go a lot and, faster. And they know that, and traffic engineering knows that. Everybody mm -hmm. knows that. Um, but even if those cars were forced to go 15 miles an hour, you're still going to get to Cliff mm -hmm. Avenue in almost identically the same amount of time. Right. And that's just like, based on studies, these are facts. These are things. <laughs> yeah. There's, they're traffic studies. You can't yeah. get from point A to point B any faster because of the lights and everything else, no matter what you do. Right. It's going to take you. Because you're just racing to get to the next point to wait. Right. And your contention in this video, which is probably, what, five minutes long? Six minutes, a bit of a slog, if you know. You <laughs> no, but, it's, but you kind of go through phases. Era. I know. And in the end, you make five, I think it's five, like, easy to do. Four. I'll four, do four modifications <laughs> that are, in the near term, easy to do. Yeah. And they are essentially narrowing and painting better. These, yeah, so I, I wanted to give, and, and that was kind of important to me, that that... I show, here's what it, it, you know, if we had, if I had my way and could transform this overnight, this is mm -hmm. what I would make at a three-lane row. But I also wanted to show that we could make a change tomorrow if the city made this a priority and they could do it for, you know, $300 mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, by, by uh, you know, probably. For the city work, sidewalk paint. I painted a lot with two hundred dollars. Yeah, I didn't even get into that. Yeah, we could circle back, yeah, yeah, but um, uh, you know, regardless, it could be done overnight. If yes, so one of the main points and one of the one of the biggest like issues I always try to campaign for. Anytime I have a councilor's ear mm -hmm. or the mayor's ear or somebody works at the city's ear, I say ten foot lane uh, uh, maximum. So the, the width of, a, of the road lanes need to be 10 foot wide at the most mm -hmm. uh, on every street in Sioux Falls. And we need to, one, start building our streets maximum to 10 feet. Mm -hmm. uh, and two, uh, we need to restripe all those roads to 10 feet because, and then give any access to bike lanes or wider boulevards mm -hmm. or places to plant trees. Things that will make the pedestrians safer, things that will slow down traffic because we have speed limits, which means the city wants cars to travel at a certain speed. Mm -hmm. And we know that there's cars that are speeding. Yep. So enforce So let's make it so there aren't. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, and I think one of the most interesting things that you demonstrated in the video is it's a, it's a four lanes with a turning lane for most of it, mm -hmm. but that if you have three lanes, essentially, two, right. one in each direction and then a dedicated turning lane, that you actually will move the same amount of cars in, in the same time. amount of time. Yeah. So that I, it doesn't make any difference. Right. And so yeah, th this is something that I had to you know go through traffic count numbers and mm -hmm. like verify, but uh, and, and find a road that was similar enough to that. So yeah, 14th Street. Uh, up there's a parallel road, 26th Street, that runs the very same way 
uh, you know, goes past Buchanan Park on the mm -hmm. southern edge there, and um, yeah, moves almost the identical uh, amount of cars through it, and it is southbound, northbound, and then a shared center turn lane. And what people, people always want the roads to be wider. In fact, there's been a movement in this town for decades to make 26th Street wider and push it through there. And but that's not going to get you from point A to point B any faster no. than it is today. Just no. wider. Just wider. You right. get there wider. Just less trees. <laughs> yeah, there's, you know, I, you know we, we're, in, we're used to wide open spaces here, right? And so... I mean, that's reflected in, in any of the Western states, in, in you know, Wyoming and North Dakota and you know, anything that gets beyond uh, you know, uh, some of these more Eastern The Alleghenies. When we, when we went, look at all this road. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make really wide streets. You know, we, by that time, car, you know, cars were a way of life. And so we started to build things with that in mind. And unfortunately, we've continued to go wider and wider, um, despite the evidence from those those coastal cities or maybe these the metropolitan areas or from Europe, you know, with centuries of proof of, of kind of uh, these things working better over there that we are building things wrong. And so it, my, my hope is that, you know, we can we can instead of waiting for again that that cultural impact or that progress to come in on the Oregon Trail down down to old South Dakota that we can maybe leap ahead of that and well, acknowledge there's a, that there's better there, ways to do things. There's quite a big movement in the Midwest, upper Midwest, with Strong Towns, which is uh -huh. the Strong Towns, the guy. Uh, Chuck Marone. Chuck Marone lives in Brainerd. So, I mean, it's a, it, it is really kind of a Midwestern thing with tentacles everywhere else, that, that this is not sustainable, right? Right. That, the, that we can't pay for the roads we have without massively raising taxes. And in fact, the city of Sioux Falls moved almost all the CIP money into roads for next year, right? Right, 80%. And it's not going to make any difference. No. We're just pounding money into roads uh, and growth that is, doesn't pay for itself. This must be what it's like when you're talking about mountain climbing. <laughs> you're like climbing, you're just like, oh, like CIP, man. What does that mean? My car is pretty small, so I'm into all this. <laughs> So, but you yeah. know what I'm saying? That this is the, right. the suburban model is is a failed model, right? Yes. Over and over and over again. So why are we trying to replicate that here? Right. Why are we trying to replicate that here? Uh, well, so I mean, I think about this a lot, and I think a lot of people do too. Like you know, who are who are like us and into these things. I think the at the end of the day, it's, it it comes down to the, who are the people drawing up those plans? Who are the directors? Who are the heads of those departments. Mm -hmm. Those are the people who are, who are making those decisions. And those people come from institutions that teach them a certain thing, that teach them that things like level of service mm -hmm. is, more, is, is the most important thing rather than safety of pedestrian. You know, level of service is like how many cars can you fit through a, a street in a certain amount of time. Mm -hmm. okay. you know, it's about like making sure there's not congestion. Cause, you know, right. And there's congestion. Yeah. No matter what you do, yeah. there's congestion. So, you know, they're, they're, those 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 people in those departments you know, or working in in those areas they do things the way they're taught they work through the systems that are already in place at the new place they're working you know when they're hired mm -hmm. i got a job working for sioux falls city planning yeah. and they work their way up and they just go through the systems because you know that's the government kind of wheel See, right i have this i have this theory that you know that the planners 
and I, I know some of them, that they didn't go to college and get master's degree in urban planning to keep doing what we've been doing, right? They, they actually have some of that utopian ideal somewhere in them. But once they get into that job, like you say, this is the way it's done, and the people that have the power, particularly in Sioux Falls over the decades, have been developers. developers. Hey! And that's not an evil thing. Right. You, so, can, you actually can put guidelines on developers. It is possible to uh, do that. Yeah, you're doing a blacklist saying something like that. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. That, <laughs> Dude, that, I'm so far, I'm so right. on the blacklist, it don't matter. And, and here's the thing, yes, I mean, developers Renegade. ultimately, I mean, it's no secret, and I don't know a city where developers don't rule the, no, everything. You know, we like to pretend like that's some, like, unique thing. Like, oh, boy, the developers are It's like, yeah. There are, but there are gradations. <laughs> Right? There are places in the world that you actually can emulate. Not necessarily the world. How about Wisconsin? Yeah, exactly. Right, where you just you can you can decide what your city is going to be and what it's going to look like and how it's going to operate. You are not at the whim of somebody saying, uh, I don't know how we're gonna make this pencil. Yeah, no, exactly so I, I think and that's that's kind of the problem and that's that's always kind of my frustration and, and also I guess my hope is that mm -hmm. So yeah, let me back up. So the, I, I'm why I like Sioux Falls and like why I like working here, trying to do projects here. Um, one, obviously, it's home, mm -hmm. and, and so I'm a little bit more invested. Um, but because I see that you can, as one person, you can actually kind of like make some of these things happen, uh, which is something that can't happen in Baltimore, mm -hmm. you know, or at least it can't happen for a very long time. Uh, whereas in Sioux Falls, you can get projects happening you know I, I've gotten lines painted that slow down traffic measurably in my in my neighborhood mm -hmm. by just calling the, the guy at the city who does it right you know it's like hey can you do I just this call I knew it was happening and I was like hey can we get these streets added and he's like yeah sure and then <laughs> <laughs> that was it and I'll so like that, that's like the beauty we still have this kind of like right. rural small town thing which is right. you know such a folksy like Thing to say, you know, we're a small town with a big city attitude, <laughs> you know, big city amenities, but like, you know, I, right. but it, it is, you know, still true to some degree, and so that's why I, you know, I kind of hold out like this hope that you can, you can do kind of, I, I like again, just like activists, I don't want to use the word progressive and scare off. No, oh, shut it down. <laughs> Certainly not in South Dakota. I don't want to scare, but you know, progressive meaning like you know the most up to date factual data and practices that we have because you know we have t we have the internet now and we can go like oh what's going on throughout the world we can get data and talk and understand it's not the 60s anymore you know what i mean we we should be able to do anything that california or new york or Berlin can do, can do. You can do anything you want. We got a lot of money. <laughs> we have plenty of money yeah, here in Sioux Falls. Right. More than a lot of places. Right. And those developers, if they just understood that they can still make money if they learn and do new things. But the problem is, you know, what's 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 the point in learning how to do something new or, or pushing yourself to do something new when it's like, you know, strip mall development has made That's me right. And That's my family it. rich for decades, so why the hell should I have to bother doing it? And, and so I'm going to fight any new yeah. regulation because you yeah. know I'm 50 and you know screw this. Whoa, 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 whoa! Let's not be hagging yeah. on the yeah. 50 year olds. I'm just saying, like but, you know, I, you know, I can see retirement maybe in the distance. Yeah, so don't I'm not, you know, I'm not about to do anything new. Strip well, malls are kind of my thing. 
Big box development on the edge of town with ugly big parking lots around a gravel pit is what I do. <laughs> That's my wheelhouse. And we've had a lot of that, as it turns out. Um, the like problem a, is we an, think it's good. The, the city, and it is initially. Because for it's some like, people. Well, it, yeah, definitely for some people, but it's also, you know, it's, we always compare like that development to like a sugar rush. You know, you're just like eating a candy bar, and so it's like, yes, the city experiences uh, some new jobs, and some, uh, you don't have to pay for that road because the developer paid for it. And or did they? It, it, well, they, yeah, just pushed it into the cost of the building to the renters or whoever's putting it, but whatever. And then the city has to then pay for it 25 years later when they mm -hmm. maintain it. And all that but, bill comes due at the same time. Which is nice because by that time, the people who made those decisions, the people who are in office, are dead. Or yes. retired. Yes. Well, Gone. <laughs> well, dead to me. What, what, I, what I've learned is like, like city development, instead of being like based around like, like back in the, the 1800s or something, they're like, oh, we got stagecoaches now. We mm -hmm. can build our city a little bigger mm -hmm. or whatever. You know, they didn't get stagecoaches in the 1800s. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> but they got but, but trolleys, you know, electric, yeah. electric street cars. Now, it's like, now it's like you build a Walmart and then the city comes around the Walmart, yeah. mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, no, definitely. So that's what you're exactly talking about right. is incremental development. And so, like, that's one of the strong towns kind of pillars, and that's what a, th a big thing that I believe in, which is making small changes. Which is like why downtowns are like where things happen, because downtown started as one-story wood buildings, which became two or three-story brick buildings, which mm -hmm. then burnt down because we didn't know how to build buildings for a while, and <laughs> yeah. then we built six-story brick buildings that you know were uh, fire-resistant, and then we started to spread out a little more and then we got to places like minnesota avenue cliff avenue yep. 10th street 12th street that were developed and they were kind of the next step but then uh world war ii happened and mm -hmm. then the automobile boomed and mm -hmm. so we were like hey we can travel much easier and much faster further away everybody wanted a little bit more room yeah. and that's cool and so that meant that that you know and there was also a lot of people then because there's a generational boom mm -hmm. uh, and that meant there was a lot of that development out that way and they didn't instead of reinvesting in those one-story buildings like on Minnesota Avenue mm -hmm. and 12th Street they just reinvested further out mm -hmm. instead of going back in and building up because it was easier to do they didn't need to now walk, be able to walk to downtown to right. get all oh, oh. turn off the lights uh, uh, to be able to get all the things they were able to very easily go and so yeah. that continued that gluttony continued outward 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 meanwhile the core in the 60s and 70s rotted because mm -hmm. there was a lack of investment uh, which means there's closings and then there was urban renewal which mm -hmm. uh, everyone's like hey you know what the problem is all these buildings where people are doing drugs and they're, they're derelict so let's just tear them all down and make parking lots and that'll make things nicer and then that just killed downtown completely and then we've now rediscovered downtown and it's and the same that that the story cycle continues yeah. but, but what i'm worried about now is that we're investing in downtown, and for the most part, that'll probably be great. Like, the Sioux Steel development, by yep. all accounts, looks pretty great. Yep. I don't even have many gripes with it, and I'm a guy who finds right. gripes. Don't uh, talk to Erisman. <laughs> never. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, uh, who knows what tangent I was just on. No, but you were talking about the, the, the redevelopment, and it is good, and it's awesome. I want to know how wide the streets are. Right. The renters, they look pretty wide. They do look pretty wide, and, and we still are... It's early sort of indebted to this idea that you have to uh, 
have enough parking. Right. Right. We gotta have. Whatever. I was very happy to see that there was it was all on street angle parking. Yep. That was there's, all the stuff that was visible. I was really well. There's really a like, parking ramp. But, yeah, absolutely. And but it's but, but uh, they, wrapped. It is wrapped parking ramp, so you won't see the ramp. Mm-hmm. I was at a hotel in Omaha. Can you imagine such a structure? No, I was being in built o- in Sioux Falls. This is amazing. Okay, there's a old there's a historic hotel in Omaha called uh, Hotel Deco Deco Hotel something like that, and you look at it and you're like, oh, that's pretty cool. And uh, the it actually is this concept, a wrapped parking ramp. It was built in the 30s. Oh, really? So it's like a parking ramp with like a building around The it? hotel and the parking ramp As are seen like in every city ever. integrated. Well, you don't see this very much anymore because a lot of those buildings are gone. Oh, right? yeah, or, from that era. Right. Or the, uh, the, the parking ramp is on the bottom or it's next to it. You wouldn't know there was parking... Mm-hmm. You you're walking down a hallway and you're like, oh, this door opens up into a parking ramp. <laughs> very very tiny little slots because it was built in the 30s and they won't let people drive up in there. It's oh, too it's, tight. So it's valet. It's all valet. Hmm. But it is completely integrated into the building. It's a pretty amazing concept. But I like that that they are com- wrapping right the parking ramp, which is they're what, using their space wisely. Yeah. They're 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 building for density. Yeah. They're they're being they're they're doing the opposite of what we did in the the seventies days. Look across the street, we had the beautiful block eleven block eleven ramp. They used to have concerts there. When they I used was to a have kid. the Egyptian theater there. Is what they used to have. That's right. Um, but here's the deal. I love. I secretly love block eleven ramp. It has yeah. this beautiful. I'm really into like kind of these dare like the urban mm-hmm. structures. But in the center of the block eleven ramp, there are mm-hmm. two or three trees planted. Yeah, I know. It's kind of like actually, a... it's really great. It has this great kind of moody lighting. It's a very like kind of surreal thing. I yeah, recommend I it. like block eleven. Highly I use it all the climb time. Climb it. You could do it, man. Also, I can like spider like, monkey climb yeah. thing on right now. That's like, a message that needs to be sent to the people. Yeah. yeah. Right now, I my car is parked in the block 11 ramp where it is being not covered in snow my my uh, engineer David his car is parked in there I've All never these... parked in that one because uh, you have to get into it from Maine right no no you can, can come you in from, you from come Maine? in through the you the, come the, in the lot through the alley on ninth ah. off ninth and also from the uh, parking ramp parking lot here behind the diner Here's the deal. I'm like a, you know, like I'm Mr. We downtown. We need to include pictures of you pointing. Yeah. And no one likes the ramps. 48 good, minutes and 32 seconds. Look at this Good picture. radio. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. It is a beautiful night out, gentlemen. Let's just take a moment. Beautiful it's night. Going... How many car crashes were there? A lot. So many. A lot. Um, I need to mention, uh, people may or may not remember that you ran for city council. Oh, hopefully they don't. And lost by less than 100 votes, right? 149. Who's 149. Um, to, and I'm not going to say. I did win the election, and then there was a runoff. That's right. Clear. You lost in the runoff. Kurt Sale, Soul Sale. Won sale, it. come won. sail away. Which is my slogan that I thought he should have used. A fine human being. <laughs> this is not about Kurt. But if you would have won that very close election, we would have a completely different city council. And I say yeah. that, I've said that many times on this podcast. That was the balance of power on the city council. Absolutely, yeah. Do you ever I mean, think I about that? that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do I ever think about it? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Are you going to run again, I guess is my point. Not in the near future. There's really not like a seat for me to run. That's the one. You're central district guy. Central district. I mean, like, uh, if there was an at-large open seat next, next thing, I, may, I would have thought about it a while ago. I don't know yeah. if I would have put my wife through that. You have a better chance in the central district. Let's be honest. 
No, I think I could win at anything. What are you talking about? Sure, <laughs> but, but you'd be alarmed of how many outside the central district voters I have. I think people you love this guy. <laughs> well, where you, do young people you got, live outside there? Let's. Uh, there was a there was a force at work there in your election um, because Kurt Feynman is a retired fireman. There's some support there from the the public sector uh, unions, right? Yeah. Yeah, I heard there, there's some late hour some late hour calls made. That's fine. That's politics. That's fine. Um, but would you come back and run for that seat again? Against Kurt? Well, sure. Well, who, you know, maybe he doesn't run again. I don't know. If he doesn't run again, I, if he doesn't run again, I I would consider it. But I mean, I'm run. still passionate against it. I don't know. You know, like how far away is that? My Not my that life far. my life changes. I feel like my resume reads a little erratic. You know what well, I mean? What Every two doing, years. What are you doing now? I'm an artist. <laughs> That's what I said at the beginning. Yeah, uh, what that. am I doing now? What, uh, I, I'm doing. Uh, I just I'm doing some murals. I'm doing some stuff for the spring. I'm illustrating a USD Children's flat book. Where's Charlie? Look awesome. Well, at some that's, point in the future. Are you, are you a yoga? <laughs> yeah. Well, up top, buddy. There you go. We've got this place is full of yotes, except for the people who aren't. Yote den. den. Beat state. Yeah. Um, so you're just you're just doing your thing. Right. Yeah. Basically. So, like for the so I I closed the gallery uh, uh, in June of 2018. I you know my daughter was born that mm -hmm. same month. I knew I needed less things to care about, mm -hmm. <laughs> less things to manage, and being a landlord at seven artists was like too much stuff to think about. Mm -hmm. uh, and so yeah, since then I've just been. I work for the South Dakota Arts Council. Oh, cool. Uh, I do uh, week long artist residencies uh, in various places throughout the state. Um, so you're staying busy. Oh, I'm always busy. You know, so yeah, I mean, we just finished, we mentioned it earlier, we just finished the welcome to, or greetings from Sioux Falls mural. I'm actually not done. <laughs> Did you do the greetings from Sioux no. Falls? No, so I, I penciled it in, but it got too cold. And then I, I had a, uh, a, a little unexpected trip to Salzburg, Austria for a, oh, I saw that. For a thing, for a conference that I was, I was invited or got into or accepted into. Uh, and so I, I had to leave during some of the few nice days in October. And that was for what? What was the topic there? Uh, so I, I applied via the Bush Foundation, which was out of Minneapolis, yep. uh, to be uh, uh, for this. Uh, gosh, it's so complex. It's so hard to. But what was it, the topic? It's, uh, it's young and young cultural innovators. Got it. Yeah, the YCI Forum. And so it was a, it was a week long thing at uh, in Salzburg, Austria, which is where the Sound of Music was filmed. Yeah. In fact, the Sound of Music, like uh, 16 going on 17, filmed at the hotel we were staying at. Awesome. Like I was there. There's signed Julie Andrews stuff in my room. Um, <laughs> it was very cool, very beautiful. Um, so uh, me and uh, 49 other artists and, uh, of all sorts of backgrounds, from poetry to but all from the upper Midwest. No, uh, really? so uh, there's there was uh, from the upper Midwest. There's hubs. There's hubs throughout the entire world mm. uh, that they kind of pull from the upper Got Midwest it. hub. I was there's a, one South Dakota and one North Dakota, and then uh, four folks, four or five folks from the cities uh, were part of the upper Midwest hub, and then uh, everybody else. There was you know people from Baltimore and Detroit, but also Barcelona and Malta and Albania awesome. and you know, everywhere in the world, and so. Uh, it was, uh, it was a singular it was, experience. Yeah, it was kind of nuts, you know. I, and honestly, I'm still kind of like processing a lot of it. I, uh, uh, it, it was it was great. It was interesting to meet and interact with people who are kind of working in a very specific area 
um, using art for social change is kind of the vague, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the vague area we all kind of work in, and you know, being able to talk to somebody from Albania about that, how they do that in Albania was really, you know, kind of fascinating. A little different. Yeah, and, and but also, you know, it, it, you know, kind of like a corny thing to say, but going like, oh, we're all the same, man. <laughs> but it, you know, that was like a, a great like forum to go like because it was all twenty five to thirty five, so we're all young. Yeah. Um, so we're all like in the same kind of vague stages of, of of professionalism. Although to be fair, like being from I think one of the geographically like least dense areas, mm -hmm. uh, you know, like I was there with the guy who won Chopped. So you know, like there's, <laughs> there's some like scaling issues yeah. as to like the things are doing. I'm like I painted a mural of Sioux Falls. You know, <laughs> um, they let so, me you know, paint. They, they, they let me paint lines on the street. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's I all about the you know, guy about scale it. and perspective. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's you know, a once in a lifetime you know opportunity yeah. and you know something that is uh, so yeah something I'm still trying to figure out. Well, congratulations. And, and grow from. Yeah. So, but you're not going away. You're going to be in public life. Yeah. Some always. way or another. Always. Okay. Yeah. Because that's the responsibility you have as a citizen. Right. Right. You gotta you gotta get in it. We we work on kind of a Roman model here. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. We just address each other as citizens. Mm -hmm. We just go out on a corner and yeah. shout things. Yeah, I like it. Um, well, guys, Zach DeBoer, uh, thank you for being here. Canyon thank Lally, thank you for being here. It's a pleasure. Happy Thanksgiving. We'll yeah, I'll, be we'll I'll be, see you real soon. Yeah, we'll be listening to this around the dinner table. Yeah. No, we're not. That There's is not going like, to happen. I found the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but gentlemen, thank you for being here, and uh, good luck in, in all you do. You both have uh, fabulous futures. I'll be dead before you realize it, but that's awesome. That's good. <laughs> uh, I want to thank you uh, for listening out there. I want to thank the Full Circle Book Co-op, your conservative, communist, left-leaning, libertarian bookstore and cafe at 123 West 10th Street. Of course, our sponsor, Northview Bait and Tackle. You're home for your home for live bait dead ooh, tackle, ooh, ooh. propane, propane Not accessories, U-Haul, self-storage, and high-end dog and cat food. Uh, and until next week, and thank you to my producer, my my sound engineer, David. 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 Woo! The studio audience. Hi. And uh, we will be back next week with the Patrick Lally Show podcast. Until then, enjoy Rich Show.